It's the ShoeCast. I'm Ben from StitchDown.com, and Ticho and I are back to talk quality footwear, how it's made, and all the things that we love about it, even if some other person's smelly feet have been in it for a long time. Because today, we're talking about the best ways to buy and sell used shoes, which anyone who's really into this world definitely needs to know all about. Before we get to it, Ticho, what's up? What you wearing? What's going on, man? I'm doing really well. I just finished off a peach seltzer store brand. Absolutely delicious. Which store? Wegmans. What's it? Why does everybody love Wegmans so much? I can answer this. I don't get it. Or maybe the one in Brooklyn is like not the good Wegmans or something, but I don't know. I went like five times and I, I can't get there. Like I can get to the store, but I can't get there mentally. I've never been to a bad Wegmans and the Wegmans out in Jersey are incredible, man. Like they have an incredible selection of like cheeses and like meats and charcuterie, just like anything that you can think of. They've got like a good quality option for you. And then the prices are like not that bad. Like it's not Whole Foods bad. I don't know. They're just kind of like hitting the sweet spot of food stores. And I love it. The prepared food is all super good. I'll give a nod to the prepared food. Yeah, the number one thing to get from Wegmans, besides their store brand seltzer, which is incredible, and they have an incredible selection of flavors, the cupcakes. Some of the best cupcakes out there. No need to go to like a fancy cupcake store. Wait, I think I got the cupcakes for my daughter's birthday, and they were absolutely lit. I'm almost certain they were from Wegmans. Yeah. Yeah. All right, maybe I'm resold. If that's the only thing you buy there, you'll be happy. All right, I might be circling back on this. I found the deli department to be straight trash, at least at that location. So maybe they're still developing it. I usually don't go there for, for deli stuff. So, But like the one by me has like the cheese area is just out of this world. Great cheese selection. Anything that you want. Anyway, my shoes right. that I'm wearing, which was the question, actually the question that you asked me. I did. Viberg, Color 4, Shell Cordovan service boots grabbed them second hand which is like on topic ah. for this episode look how i did that uh yeah i got these second hand a couple months ago been kind of a grail boot that i you know was just kind of stalking waiting for for a pair to go up in my size that the guy wasn't asking fifteen hundred dollars for and uh managed to get a cool pair that actually was resold on a vibram 430 sole by viberg hmm. you know they're pretty cool got tons of life left in the soles like Pretty light wear. You'd barely know that anybody else owned them. Definitely a secondhand success story for me. Had to wear them for, for this. What is gracing your beautiful normal feet today? Well, first I do have to continue to comment on those boots. I think that there are a couple pairs of Vibergs out there that are in contention for perfect all-time boot and you know greatest Viberg. I think those might be it. The Division Road Mocha Shelbys, which have a little more flair to them, are right up there. Every time I see those, I just kind of go, you know, a little bonkers, like with myself at my computer. But yeah, congrats on those, man. I'm, I try not to be jealous about other people's shoes, but can't help myself here. Guess what? I'm also wearing a pair of secondhand shoes. So I got them about a year and a half ago, and once a week, sometimes twice, if I had some time on my hands, I would walk past this big thrift store in Brooklyn. I would just stop in and browse the shoes, and they're all generally terrible. Like, they had some pretty cool, like, just gigantic work boots periodically, but they were just torn apart, and I didn't really need them. And one day, I see these plain-toe bluchers. I'm like, you know what? These appear to be Shell Cordovan. They cost $18 because it looked like a dog had pooped on them back in the early 70s. 
And they just sat there for 40 years. And I tried them on and they were a little snug, but I'm like, fuck it. These things are 18 bucks. Let's see what we can do. And so I went home, wiped them down, waited a day, put some Saphir Reno on them, and they just bounced right back. They look great. They're barely worn. And I checked with old David Veekleet, uh, my man who knows more about vintage shoes from the 60s and 70s and 50s. And he gets very upset if you set him a pair of shoes past like 1974. He's like, these are trash. And I checked with him. And he's like, yeah, I think they're from the late late 60s, early 70s. They look fantastic. Congratulations. So pretty fun pair. Don't wear them enough. Seemed like the right day to do it. That's awesome, man. That's a, a pretty incredible score. You've seen these things, right? Yeah, you wore them one time when when we were hanging out in the city and I was super impressed that you got those for $18 and you did a really great job cleaning them up. It's kind of the joy of those, those vintage shell pairs is that they, you know, they really do bounce back super well. Kudos. Congratulations. It's pretty awesome. Feeling good. One day you're going to swing a trade for these things that I will lose because yeah, they're always like, they're a little tight. You can't really walk around in them all day, but they're fun. I've already kind of filed that away as like a pair I'm going to, you know, <laughs> rip you off in some way and acquire. So that'll happen. You son of a bitch. I paid actually $28 for them just to kind of set the stakes here. I'll buy I'll buy like a pizza for them. Okay. Give me some cupcakes. Yeah, deal. Before we get into the episode this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor once again, Standard and Strange, the always excellent Oakland Booter Dashery. Standard and Strange, every pair of boots is smelled by at least three people to ensure only the most satisfying olfactory experience. They're really doing it right over there. So, little announcement. We just wanted to let everyone know that after this episode, the ShoeCast will be going on break for a little bit. Ticho and I have been talking about this for a while. Both feel that we need to take a little bit of time to think deeply about shoes and, and get our beards trimmed professionally by somebody. Uh, because I made a major error with mine this morning and things are starting to look pretty desperate. Uh, and put in some real time watching more Harrison Ford movies like Back to the Future 2. But we'll be back. We promise we will be back. And hopefully you see that as something of a good thing. Yeah, we have, we have too much fun doing this. But the grind of doing this and having to like talk to this guy Ben Robinson every week is just really wearing on me. So I need, you know, I need a little, little breaksy from you, Ben. I feel for you. Really, it turns out that these podcasts are a ton of work. We had no idea. Nobody told us, um, but we just keep doing them. So this will allow us to kind of, you know, spool back up, get our minds right and line up a bunch of guests. I've actually like we were making jokes about how we were going to hand this podcast over to Lars because he was better. And then people like not jokingly kept telling us that they want to have Lars on every week which makes us feel wonderful about ourselves. So getting more guests on is something that we're definitely going to be pushing towards uh, and we'll be we'll be lining them up over the course of this break. Man, I have to say, I agree with those people. If I could replace myself with Lars and just listen to like the two of you talking about shoes every week, I'd be a happy camper. If I could replace myself with Lars just in life, I would be very happy. What if we cloned Lars and then just like had him do both sides of it and then we could just sit and listen to it. But then, it, yeah, that'd be great. Let's do that. On it. So last week we talked about how to build a shoe collection without going broke. Definitely give that episode a listen if you can. And since then, neither Ticho nor I, unless he's lying to me, which is possible, have gone broke. So clearly the system works. 
part of that system involved buying used shoes, and we didn't get terribly deep into the best ways to do it, but we did get a ton of questions about it. So this week, we're going to get into the world of used shoes, how to pan for dirt cheap or at least reasonably priced gold, what to look for, what to avoid, all that stuff. This is like just like a self-help podcast at this point, which I kind of love. I mean, we need the help, man. <laughs> we, do, we, need, we need to help ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's very therapeutic. A couple top level things before we get into some finer points. I think a big one is that you can get lucky, but like even walking into a thrift store once a week takes time. All this stuff takes time. Searching takes time. You know, verifying that these shoes are are good takes time. Negotiation, which we'll get to. And time is money, which means that essentially you are spending money on these shoes that you're getting for less money. But I think that's also a terrible way to look at it because this is just fun. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably spending a decent portion of your day just looking at shoes anyway. So you might as well just direct it towards this, I think. Once you get the moves down, that time definitely lessens if you want it to. Knowing the market, I think very, very, very important. Also, it takes a little time to get there, but understanding what you're looking at and understanding pricing, I think is just absolutely crucial to do this really well. And then once you do understand pricing, I believe there's a Ticho system for this and how to get the best possible deal. Yeah, man, I have a system for everything. So of course, I I have a little negotiation system that I use to pretty good success uh, over the years. And I'm giving it up, so I won't. I won't be able to do it anymore after I after I tell everybody on this podcast because they'll they'll know what I'm up to. I feel like we've actually been short on Ticho systems recently, so this is this feels really good. We need this. All right, so I don't know where like where do we start here? I guess let's start with kind of what to what to consider and look for and be careful about uh, when you're you know looking for a pair of used shoes. You know, like what are the kind of things that you know will turn you off from buying a pair or Turn you on is not the word I want to use, but you know, get you excited about a, a a pair that's that pops up on eBay or Grailed or something like that. For me, the number one thing that I'm looking at is the amount of wear, whether you know they look like they've been taken care of, whether they look like you know somebody just totally trashed them. You know, whether the previous owner used shoe trees, you can usually tell from the amount of creasing in the leather whether you know they've used shoe trees or you know really just kind of thrown these things in a corner and you know, not cared for them. That's my big one. Because if a pair has been worn pretty heavily, I'll say more than 10 or 15 times, you're never really going to get the insole to break into your foot. You're always going to feel kind of like the ghost of this other person's foot kind of haunting your shoe. And it's never really going to go away fully after 15 or 20 wears. Like that's just going to kind of be there is that the number that you've found yeah i mean that's based on my own experience with selling my own shoes where i can kind of look at them objectively and say these things are too worn i I need to kind of discount the price on this and yeah i I think that's like a pretty fair number like 15 to 20 if it's more than that it's going to be tough but again it depends if it's a pair that's been worn 20 times but they kept shoe trees in them they you know kept them in immaculate shape uh, then then it's you know, less of an issue for me. You know, I've bought pairs from people I I know. You buy a pair from somebody that you know they have a very large collection. And even though they're saying, oh, I wore these like 10 or 15 times, it was maybe 10 or 15 times over the course of five years. They sat for months in between wears with shoe trees in them and basically new mm-hmm. still, even though they've been worn, you know, 20, 25 times. 
But that's the big one for me. The second kind of part of that would be, you know, looking at the wear on the sole. So if the sole is pretty worn down, you're probably going to have to resole it pretty soon. That factors in because if you know, hey, I can probably wear these for, you know, I could probably get 15, 20 more wears and then I'm going to have to spend a hundred ish dollars to to get a new sole put on. Well, you got to factor that into the price that you're paying up front. Which can be fine, but just consider it, right? I mean, look, I think in general, if a pair is that close to being to needing a resole, it's probably been worn too many times for, for me to be interested in them. That's a great point. Yeah, there's probably some circumstances where somebody had like a really bad heel or toe drag and they just kind of really wore down like one of those parts of the sole, like initially, like maybe it's a leather sole, they have a ton of toe drag and they you know live in Brooklyn or something. So they're just walking on concrete all day. And even though they've worn them five or six times, the toes are just decimated. You know, they're just basically gone. That's a circumstance where I would probably consider it for the right price and say, well, they haven't really been worn that much, but I do have to I either have to put a whole new sole on these pretty soon, or I have to send them to a cobbler to like build that toe up and put on toe taps, which is you know probably a cheaper move. Uh, but it might look weird. Sometimes those look weird. But yeah, what about you? What do you look for when you, you see something pop up? Yeah, I mean, again, if, if the thing is shot, like I actually have a problem with it where sometimes I see these shoes that I've been hunting for a long time, like especially expensive stuff that you look for secondhand. And I'm trying to talk myself into it. And then my move is just like, send it to you, send it to a couple other friends. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? This is a terrible idea. You know, if you're seeing discoloration on the insole or just even anywhere on the interior, like that's generally a pretty scary sign. And again, you're like, oh man, I found them and they're at the right price. And sometimes you just need people to talk you off the ledge. Just the leather, you know, like how does the leather look? That old shell pair, it was like, one, it was the price. It's like, how am I not going to buy these things? That's completely different than spending a couple hundred bucks or more on a pair. But I had a, a sense that I would be able to revive these things, and luckily it worked out. But yeah, like especially non-shell leather, like if it looks like garbage, it's probably pretty done, or it's a very expensive rebuild of some kind. So I think that that's really important. You know, people have, like, unlike us, people have, like, strange feet that kind of twist shoes around in, in weird ways. Like, take a look at that, see if, like, if, if it's a derby shoe that all the facings are, are lining up and they're not just like completely whack because the rest of the shoe is probably going to be just strange at that point i actually i get a lot of people dming me and they're like do you think these shoes are real i'm like well yeah i mean they're definitely they appear to be real shoes yeah they're not a figment of your imagination or are they <laughs> yeah it's not like nobody's that good at drawing but nobody i know that this is like a big thing in the sneaker game and like in in my distant past when i was spending my time hunting for sneakers all the time like i i kind of knew a few times and got these pairs i'm like yeah i i knew and these things are garbage and they're fake nobody's really knocking off high-end shoes or boots that i know about like people will copy patterns and and do other things and i mean beware of listings and we'll get into that uh in a little bit and and make sure that they're talking about what the thing actually is because sometimes people don't know or they'll misrepresent it but you know if you see brand markings or if you just google other pictures of the shoe like it's probably going to be that shoe i mean have you ever heard of somebody like knocking off a 
like a Crockett and Jones. Like, I, I don't think it happens. So I haven't heard of, you know, anyone knocking off Crockett or Alden or even Fiberg, anything like that. But at Taft, we actually have this problem where a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of these little pop-up brands that are purporting to sell oh, right, you know, right. our products. You know, some of them will just use our pictures and then even the model names and literally steal everything, including the copy from our website. And then there's others who just kind of, you know, steal the aesthetic and are technically making different stuff, even though it's like almost identical to our stuff, but lower quality. And we had a customer send send us pictures of what he received when he ordered from one of these kind of knockoff sellers. And it was, it was hilariously bad. It was so terrible, man. We were all laughing about it. But yeah, that's that's the only time I've heard of it is companies popping up and trying to rip off Taft designs, which, yeah, if you're going to rip off some interesting designs and try to sell them online, like you're not that far off. Like pretty good choice. It's a pretty cool company to to rip off, but it still sucks. And if anybody sees any of these companies, just, you know, shoot me a DM on Instagram with a, a link to it. Would appreciate that. Teach police. Yeah, I'll, I'm coming for him. I learned how to do a DMCA takedown like last week. So shout out to the guy who who taught me how to do DMCA takedowns last week. <laughs> I love how you're still a lawyer. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like a, a part of you. You can't really turn off as much as uh, I think my, my wife might like it if I could turn it off a little bit. But yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think fakes are, are really an issue in, you know, in this world, which is a good thing. For the most part, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, scamming going on in general. It, I mean, it's just a lot harder to to fake like a pair of Crockett and Jones than it is to fake a pair of Jordans or something. You know, I don't think the demand is there where people would, you know, people buy fake Jordans and fake Yeezys kind of like on purpose, right? Like that's a thing people do. Totally. It just doesn't really make any sense to buy a cheaper, like knockoff looking pair yeah so don't worry about that i mean one more thing to look for and this is you know it's fairly specific it's about older shoes but basically like if you are the kind of person who wants to get into like vintage floor shimes and nettletons and these hanovers that i have and like there's all these british brands you know old school Allen edmonds in their heyday there's a ton of this stuff out there but like i mentioned at a certain point it all just kind of stopped being good or at least really, really good. And when you're buying old shoes, the way they used to make this stuff and these things that I'm wearing right now, like they are solid. Companies make shoes similarly to this, but like that was the rule back then that you just had to make incredible shoes if you were one of these companies that was among the best, uh, especially with dress shoes. Like I would strongly, strongly recommend vcleat.com, V-C-L-E-A-T. And David, who runs it, is unbelievable resource sorry david if you don't want this but go ahead and hit him up if you ever have questions but the amount of information that he has on that site in terms of model numbers and years and and what's good and what's not i think it's just it's absolutely phenomenal it's one of the coolest sites about shoes that i've ever seen in my life so that's just something to keep in mind and like and you can get great great deals on some of this stuff but like people do understand that market you know, a couple hundred bucks is a great deal, but you're not going to get these things for 60 bucks on eBay. But if you know what you're talking about, you might be able to get them 
in a thrift store on Etsy or something like that. And like, they're cool. Some of the, I mean, just long wing city out there, man, like such good stuff from the sixties, especially uh, with those floor shimes and Nettletons. Yeah. I'll se- I'll second V Cleat as an incredible resource that I've looked at many times back in the day when I was really trawling eBay and was pretty into vintage shell long wings and never found like that real grail pair that I, I was like, yeah, let me get a pair of like, you know, 1960s floor shims or something, something that's been in Don Draper's attic for 60 years and I can go grab them and, you know, wash the scotch that he spilled on them off and, you know, get them to stop smelling like Lucky Strikes, get them going. And I never found a pair and then, you know, got too many shoes and stopped trying to buy secondhand shoes as much. But uh, I was on there all the time just looking. It's crazy the amount of information that you can glean from looking at the marking, you know, the internal markings of the shoes, the codes on them, and just looking at the details on the shoes. There really is like a subject matter expert for every random thing uh, on the internet, which is what makes the internet such a cool place. And I would say that, yeah, David from Vcleat is one of those really cool internet things that I'm really happy exists. Oh God, he's the best. Just everybody just go to vcleat.com pause the podcast and go there right now exit the podcast like it's it's so good even if you're not into those kind of shoes just check it out david we love you those are the things to think about just kind of arm yourself with so where do you shop so obviously there's ebay last episode laid out a couple things that i did to get one of my favorite pairs these jam weston golfs for two hundred dollars it's like an eleven hundred dollar shoe and these things are pretty fresh although they did and this is actually why they were fresh i think because they're definitely an older pair, and you can tell because they've changed some of the stuff over the years. When I got it, and it wasn't in any of the pictures, taped on to the footbed was the guy's name from some country club in Westchester, which was incredible. And so these things must have just sat in this locker, and I can't even really think where he wore them. Like, I don't think he wore them to golf, but maybe he did. They didn't have spikes on them. Do you think he got confused and was like, he just Googled golf shoes? And then saw them and then got them and was like, oh, shit, these aren't actually golf shoes. And he just threw them in his locker. And then never wore them. Like maybe he died or like he stopped being a member of the country club and they cleared out his locker and just like sold all his stuff on eBay. Like, do you think that's what happened? I'm pretty sure these things were like an estate sale situation. So like, RIP, brother. Thank you so much. Or he like wore them to, you know, drink four scotches before driving home uh, to his family who's wondering where he was and like put on his other like his driving shoes to drive home and left these in the locker whatever it is like god bless you but enough about my shoes the search diligence is key saving searches on ebay and getting push alerts or email alerts it's good but i feel like something's faulty in there so like the best thing to do is like i i did i woke up in the morning every day that was the first thing i did and i was like if something came up last night i'm gonna be the first person to get it you know typing in different sizes especially for shoes with uk sizing because sometimes they'll be listed in a u.s conversion size definitely something to think about but just being diligent with those searches and then do that like trick, like follow this item or heart this item or whatever it is. Sometimes you'll get people making you counter offers kind of instantaneously through this mechanism that they have. You know, you can get a great deal that way, but you won't know about it unless you heart it. So, so my move is I have found all these sellers who are selling stuff I think is cool or people who are like the same size as me and have kind of like a similar 
kind of a similar collection, but they're not people who are maybe selling on on Reddit or Style Forum where, you know, where I also look, they're only on eBay. And so I follow them and then I get a, like an email whenever this guy posts something for sale. And then sometimes it's like, you know, a lawn chair or like something completely unrelated. Do you buy those too? Yeah, I have all the, I have a great selection of lawn chairs, dude. It's like, I know this is in my size. This is perfect. You know, my feet fit in this guy's shoes. I assume my butt will fit in his chair. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I like my butt. Uh, One seller I followed recently is just John Lofgren, like the eponymous. The guy. The guy, like not John Lofgren, the brand, just John Lofgren, the guy. And uh, he's been like selling some cool John Lofgren bootmaker stuff. He's also really into like scooters or something. And so I think he was like selling a scooter on there too. And uh, I was like, this is cool. This is really cool. Was it a Lambretta like Graham Fowler loves? Graham Fowler, uh, who has a shop in New York, Trickers King of America, he has 72 Lambretta scooters, these vintage Lambrettas, one of which he drove like 160 miles an hour or something. I, I dude, I'm guy. not like a big expert on, on scooters, but I want to say- Oh, right. You hate cars <laughs> and boats. I just don't know a lot about like these scooters. I, I mean, I think they're actually pretty cool. I would totally drive one of those if it was like a little bit more socially acceptable to do that in the suburbs. You know what I mean? You don't want to be the scooter guy in your town. I do. I know you're moving to the suburbs. So let me tell you, let me give you this advice as like an experienced suburban dweller. You don't want to be the guy in town who rides like a recumbent bike. You know what I mean? That bike where you're like sitting down and your legs are like up in the air. Yeah, don't be that guy. I'm extremely familiar with those. But the gap between recumbent bike guy and like vintage 1962 Lambretta scooter guy I'd like to think that there's a, a big gap there. I don't think the gap is as We'll big find as out, it. I guess. I, and you know what else? I think that Zach Braff kind of ruined them in Scrubs because he was like, he had a scooter and uh, it didn't seem cool. It didn't seem cool when Zach Braff was riding it. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I can't wait to move to the burbs and just conform. It's going to be so great. <laughs> it sounds really appealing, but then you start getting into it and it's, it's like a little depressing how how conformist everyone is and how everyone's just trying to like I don't know I, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing my own thing in the suburbs and I I am kind of a guy though I'm the guy who takes pictures of his shoes everywhere so but not in my town I won't do it in my own town because I don't want people to Wait, see me really <laughs> yeah I, I drive to uh, other towns yeah like don't don't be a guy in your town is all I'm saying I'm living in the house I grew up in for pandemic reasons and chicken proximity reasons and and moving to the suburbs very soon reasons. And the other day I was like, hey, I'm just going to go down the block. I'm going to take some pictures of my shoes, the tripod and the camera. And I like immediately was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? I like ended up putting these shoes on like this really cool wall with all these plants behind it in the, the house of this guy that I've known since I was you know, four years old. I mean, shout out Peter Saros, who I was like, fuck, is Peter Saros going to come out here and like yell at me for taking pictures of my shoes on his wall? Like it's, it does feel weird. So, you know, I'll just have to find, uh, you know, in a budding town with like great walls, I guess. Yeah, you figure, you figure it out. I mean, you find your spots and you, you make it work. I just, yeah, that's my advice. Don't be, don't be the shoe photo guy in town. God like damn you it. have full control over what kind of guy you are. Do I? Yeah, you just want to kind of like do your own thing and not like like there's this guy in in Trenton, not super far from where uh, where I live, and he's known as the Trenton Ninja, and he just like dresses in a kind of like a ninja robes. Like I don't really know, the, I don't really know what the word for that is. 
but he's just in these robes and he's got like a sword like a samurai sword slung over his shoulder and he just walks around he's kind of stands around menacingly and you know kind of freaks people out oh so people don't like him well it's kind of like i always felt like it was good luck to see him like he would just be standing on the side of the highway and you just kind of like honk and wave at him because i'm like well you're just standing here by the side of the road obviously you want people to notice you and you're ninja outfit but somebody sent me an article that he had uh had like a really like messed up like racist encounter with a family eating ice cream i was like oh shit the ninja not as wholesome as i had as i had thought so you know you just don't want to be that guy like even in the article they're like talking to the police chief and he's like yeah we know this guy he dresses like a ninja and walks around with a sword of course we know who he is (laughs) like you don't want you don't want to have that kind of reputation all right i won't take pictures of my shoes in a ninja outfit Back to eBay, though. Yeah, and on that Lofgren page, sometimes they're his boots that he's been wearing, which is pretty cool. And then another one that's great to follow is White's River, which is just White's. They're like posting seconds or something that went wrong or a sample. Yeah, they're often at really great prices. And I mean, they look fantastic as far as I can tell. Grailed, obviously, anybody who's listening to this probably knows about Grailed. Best stuff goes quick. You got to be on Grailed. You can negotiate with people um, to some extent. Grailed, like you're going to see generally really good stuff on there. So if there's something that you're specifically looking for, it's a great place to keep an eye on, but you're generally not going to get a huge deal. So my move on Grailed is that I go and you, you know, you search through their search is like pretty good. They have stuff that's been sitting on there for like years and years and years like i probably still have listings that i put up in like 2016 that nobody ever bought and i never took the listing down so it's still there and you go and you dig super deep into the bowels of grailed and you just find the stuff that's sitting there i I like firing off a message and just being like hey man i know this has been up for seven years but are they still available (laughs) (laughs) and most of the time the people are like nah like i you know donated those to goodwill like five years ago or but like once in a while, they'll be like, yeah, it's still sitting there. <laughs> so there's some good stuff. Honestly, if you've had a listing that's been on there for four or five years and somebody just comes up and goes, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for these. Like, yeah, they might say yes. So that's uh, that's my grailed move. I like that move. Our Goodyear Welt on Reddit, Buy, Sell, Trade and Style Forum. Both of them are, you know, they're not optimized for this. It's not like searching an auction site, but I mean, obviously there's great stuff in there. It just takes a little work to comb through it. I don't know if there's any Ticho tips for that. Control F by size, I guess. For Reddit, which is like probably the primary place that I've actually bought and sold secondhand shoes. I've done pretty good amount of transactions through there. Always pretty easy. You kind of have some accountability from just the community. People are willing to do you know, friends and family payments to save save on fees. I've had people just be like, oh, I'll send you these. You can try them on. And then if they fit you, you can pay me. And if they don't, just send them back. Like people are, people are pretty cool on there in general. It is kind of hit or miss. And you kind of have to go in and just every single time that buy, sell, trade thread is posted, you got to just scroll through everything. There's no real way to sort it by size or yeah i guess you can control f for for brands or sizes or something but i found it's easier to just scroll through the whole thing there's not that that many listings in there but you kind of have to stay up on it style forum is uh, it's just a mess man it used to be like pretty good uh but they reorder kind of like redesigned their site like two or three years ago and it is incomprehensible to me now also similar to grailed where you can go and find listings that have been on there for like years and then just like check in with the guy and he'll be like, yeah, they're just sitting here and whatever. 
I've had pretty good luck on Style Forum. I think people on Style Forum are generally pretty knowledgeable. Same same with Reddit, Goodyear Well. You already are kind of operating on a higher level of discourse with them about about the product. And I've used it as a way to just get good information about different shoes that how they fit stuff like that where you just you see a listing for the shoe and you just jump in and ask some questions which you'll hear later is a critical part of my teacho system uh but like you don't actually want to buy it you just want some good information about like a kind of obscure pair of shoes or an obscure last or something and the guy will just be like yeah 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 like here and he'll give you like a whole history of like you know how we bought it and all this stuff because you know, you're dealing with people who are enthusiasts like you. So I, I found that to be pretty helpful. But in terms of tips for how to use them better, yeah, unfortunately, that I don't think that exists. I think there's it's just scrolling through a ton of listings, which I know you enjoy. You do that, I guess, every day. I had to stop doing it because I just kept on trying to buy all this stuff. But I did really enjoy it. You just scroll through, you get to see a bunch of different stuff, maybe discover a new brand you've never heard of. There's like, you know, other clothing stuff on there on style forum that like sometimes can be cool. I, I enjoyed flipping through that stuff, but it does take a lot of time and it does. There is a lot of, there's a lot of chaff to go through to, to find some gems, which is a mixed metaphor. And uh, I stand by it. I love that one. Okay. So we've got a couple more places to look and then plenty after that, but let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Now, from Standard and Strange, it's Gen Facts. To refresh, we will read three facts that Standard and Strange employee Jen has provided us with. Two are unfactual facts. One is a real genuine fact. Take your best guess, and we'll reveal the right answer later in the episode. Also a fact, we are terrible at guessing these things. Yeah, will, will this be the week that we get our second one correct? Probably not. Probably not. All right. Gen fact number one, in ancient Egypt, high-heeled shoes were worn by butchers in order to keep the blood of slaughtered animals off of their feet. Gen fact number two, during production of the 1950s outlaw biker film The Wild Ones, Marlon Brando hated how uncomfortable his engineer boots were and frequently changed into Ked's sneakers between takes. In one scene, he can be seen wearing sneakers after forgetting to change into his boots. I knew there was a reason I hated Marlon Brando. Gen fact number three. Before Edwin Viberg started Viberg Boot, he worked as a merchant marine in Sweden. He was forced to leave Sweden after it was discovered he brought a stowaway dog aboard a ship, which was considered very bad luck. He then immigrated to Canada in the early 1900s and began his career in boot making. Which one is it? We do not know. Stay tuned. To hear Ticho and I get embarrassed once more. And now, back to the used shoe cast. All right, we're back. So there's a few more places to look for used shoes, some of which I've used to, you know, varying extents of success. The Real Real, which is another one of these reselling sites, and most of it is like beautiful women's clothes from estate sales or whatever, but there's some good stuff in there periodically. Like you gotta you gotta keep your searches up. You can set alerts and things like that. But I once got this pair of, I'm always talking about Jam Weston's, but Jam Weston half hunts for 185 bucks. They were in perfect condition and I got them and they were a C with and they just did not fit. Like I could barely get my feet into them. And I was like, God damn it. I'm very disappointed and I'll have to send these things back. And then I look up how to return them. And luckily they had a store in New York, which I realized they don't have everywhere. So I just walk into the store. I bring the shoes. Some guy comes up to me. 
He's like, hey, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm returning these things. He scans them, and I was out of the store in like 45 seconds. It was incredible. So the real reels commitment to customer service and returns and all that is like very, very, very good. I see Poshmark is a bit of a lesser the real reel. They actually have a ton of old Aldens that seem to be from the same guy, like in my size, that are just too beat up to get, but they have good searching. I'm pretty sure Poshmark is the one where you set your sizes and all searches happen from that. So you got to set a bunch of different sizes in case, again, UK sizes or you know maybe you're you know, X size and something and a half size up or down in a different last from the same maker. Uh, but that's another good one. I'd love going through Etsy. Etsy is like the thrift store of the internet for this stuff. There's not a lot of info usually. It's kind of tough to search because you can't filter by brand or anything like that. So you have to look through a ton of stuff, but it's a potential gold mine for like old hiking boots, military boots, definitely Red Wings. There's a lot of Red Wings on there for whatever reason. A lot of times sellers have no idea like what brand they're even selling. So you just kind of have to search for a style or just get creative with it, I guess. And you might be able to find something. You know, there's, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough on Etsy, but I would say that there's a lot of rough. Lafoe in New York has an excellent, not, you know, terribly deep at any given time. They probably have like 60 or 80 pairs of pre-owned shoes, but they have really, really, really good stuff. And the prices are often good and they'll occasionally do like 20% off. Instagram to an extent, certain people are, are trying to sell and buy shoes on there. So just, you know, follow people who seem to be doing that. I'll post friends and other people's stuff in my stories from time to time. So you know, keep an eye on those at Stitchdown. I love thrift stores. Like, even though most of the stuff in there is complete garbage and somebody's going to be very happy with it, I'm sure, but they're not really shoes that you want. Every once in a while, you get that gem and it's just kind of fun to be in a thrift store, at least for me. You go and like look at some jackets and like old, like yellow t shirts and like don't buy anything, but. It's still kind of fun. I love thrift stores. Dude, I love a good thrift store too. I love digging through. I mean, people who are like professional resellers, like they have it, you know, on lockdown, just hitting all these thrift stores right when they're like dropping new product on the floor. To a certain extent, thrift stores are have kind of already been been solved by those guys. Usually not that much meat left on the bone for the rest of us, I feel like. I mean, look, there's high-end thrift stores that know what they're doing and they're going to charge you for it but like you can get some really cool stuff there again like old military boots and and that kind of thing that you know they're they're pricing to the kind of store that they are but pretty damn cool um did a story way back on crowley vintage in brooklyn which is one of the best thrift stores i've ever seen and he just has all these very very old wonderful funky shoes and spectators and like these slippers like men's slippers that are like stitched with all these beads that were big in like the 30s or something really cool stuff and you know you're not getting anything for 18 bucks but yeah like in a regular thrift store i think that that's where you have the opportunity to look for you know these these old floor shimes and and things like that that are not necessarily in the gaze of these professional resellers and you just got to make sure that they're the right quality and and something that you know you're going to be able to be really happy with at the end yeah in terms of searching for these things you know mentioned the the idea that you want to put in different sizes if you're searching cuz you don't want to scroll through like 600 pairs of Vibergs 
and have none of them be in your size, but you like all of them, like that's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, think about the Euro size conversion and, you know, kind of different ways to type in sizes, especially on places like Etsy, but also eBay. Think about how people might misspell something, like a brand name especially, and then put that in. You can find things that way. People are not sometimes trying that hard or they're not very knowledgeable. Don't expect to get any information from those people in the listing or if you ask them questions. Like, don't ask them what last the shoe is. Like, they're not going to know. They just misspelled it. One thing, I, I think this is a good tip too. At one point for calf leather, a color was cordovan and a lot of makers used it. I don't even know if they were necessarily relating it to shell cordovan or that's just what they were calling it. Like you'll see listings and it'll be like cordovan because I have a cordovan search 10.5 and it comes up every day. And like half the stuff is very, very clearly not shell. So just kind of know what shell cordovan looks like. Like if there's creases in the shoe, it's not shell cordovan. Look for rolls and other distinguishing characteristics. So that's one where like a little bit of a, you know, semi-misnomer can kind of get you in the end. And if a shoe is, you know, says it's cordovan and it's got creases and it's $65, like it's, you're, you're not getting shell. So be careful with that. Yeah. One, one other kind of search tip is to know, have some amount of knowledge of what brands have white labeled for other brands. So mm-hmm. you might have a search of like Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers maybe had, had stuff made by Crockett and Jones, Rancourt, Alden. You know, they've gone through a wide variety of different makers. Not so much anymore. I think they've kind of gotten away from having actually good shoe companies make their stuff. But if you go back a few years, you're going to be able to find Crockett and Jones and Alfred Sargent and a lot of other good makers that are putting stuff out that's labeled as Brooks Brothers. You can usually get that stuff for pretty cheap because it's doesn't have that exact connection with the brand, you know, the seller might just say, oh, it's just some Brooks Brothers thing. It's not knowing that it's a, you know, pair of shell Crockett and Jones that, you know, retailed for like 1200 bucks or something. I mean, there's a ton of those weird white labeling relationships and you can kind of go nuts trying to figure them all out and try to figure out who made what. But there are some people who are kind of know all this stuff cold and can tell you based on the nail pattern in the heel who made it or based on the, the font of the writing on the in, the inside or something like that. And usually if you just go pop into uh, our Goodyear wallet and say, huh, who made this? Like some, some person will know. And now, Ticho, I'm going to ask you about Ticho's outstanding negotiation system, a.k.a. tons, because if you use it, you will get tons of shoes. So the first <laughs> time you told me about this, that was a great acronym, pretty right? Pretty good. The first time you told me about this system, I was awed. I was impressed. I was horrified. This is an evil, evil system that only a lawyer could devise, but I believe it works. And you just kept telling me you wanted to reveal it on this episode, and I cautioned you greatly. But here we are, Ticho, enlighten us. How do you do it? All right. So, yeah, right off the bat, I will agree that this using this system makes you an asshole. I am an asshole for doing for doing this to people. There's a, probably a bunch of people, maybe even listening to this, who are like, yeah, I remember you did this to me, you asshole. Like, it was so annoying. But I've stopped using that. I don't do this anymore, mostly because I don't browse for you stuff anymore. I just have too much stuff. And I also just like, you know, I felt like an asshole doing this. So Good. I'll tell you this method. If anybody starts doing this back to me, uh, I deserve that. So <laughs> fair play. Fair play on that. 
Uh, and if I've done this to you in the past, I apologize, but I appreciate that you ended up selling me the shoes for the price I wanted. So, all right. So here's what you got to know about my system. So this is, you've identified, you know, something on eBay, something on style forum, generally didn't use this on Reddit because again, you're kind of being an asshole and I try not to be an asshole to people kind of within our enthusiast community. Didn't really want that to be my reputation as like just a guy who's being an asshole to everyone. I'm sure people still think I'm an asshole, but Plenty. yeah, this is generally for, this is for civilians, right? Like this is for just random people on eBay who are like maybe flipping stuff or doing whatever, who you can kind of, it's like, all right, it's a fair, fair game here. The first kind of pillar of this system, you found something that you want because you get excited, right? You see something really cool. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. These, you know, there's color fours up. Oh, wow. Oh, there's Ravello shell. Oh, wow. This is cool. You do not need the shoes. Okay. You need to first and foremost, look at those shoes and say, I do not need these. If I do not get them for the price that I want to pay, the world will not end. Things will be fine. I have other shoes I can put on my feet. It'll be cool. Okay. As soon as you start thinking that you need the shoes, you lose any kind of leverage on this, right? You have to be prepared to just walk away, ignore it, forget that these shoes even exist. So the next thing you need to do is figure out how much you want to pay for these. You might come up with a price, maybe talk to some other people who own those shoes and say like, hey, like what, you know, like what would you be looking to to get for these? You know, what or ask other people that you know might like them, like what would you pay for these? You know, try to get a feel for the market price, the like resale price for a certain thing, especially if it's a little bit more obscure and it's not something that's, you know, there's a lot of, or a lot of completed listings on eBay. You can look at to say, Oh, look, all the Viber Chrome Excel service boots are all going for 375 or, you know, whatever they're going for. So you go, you talk to some people, you get an idea, you go, okay, I do not need these shoes, but if they were available to me for 375, I would instantly buy them. You're in control, set some boundaries, you've set some rules. You don't want to be just making a lot of like emotional decisions, I think, in this area. I would say this is not terribly underhanded to this point. Yeah, well, here it goes. Okay. okay. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to ask the seller a question that's going to require him to take some sort of action. One that I especially like is to ask them to like measure the outsole or even like measure the insole. These are completely pointless it's a completely pointless task it's information i don't care about i don't even i don't even want to know but i just want to make that person go down to their basement go up to their attic open up the box get out a measuring tape take some detailed photos or something for me that's another one i'll do it's just be like hey do you have like photos of like like inside the insole you know like the part where you see like the toe imprints and stuff like go go make them take a picture of that that's really hard to take a picture of that i know that's the point. You need like a spy camera to get those pictures. Yeah, it's like impossible to get that picture. I, I hate it. So now you've gotten this person to go do something, right? They come back. They're like, yeah, okay. Now you got to kind of equivocate a little bit. Just be like, well, I don't know if they're going to fit. I don't know if they're the right size. Like, oh, they look, they look kind of worn. And like, it doesn't have to be that convincing. You just kind of like, you know, you just kind of set. You're like, this is a dance. And like, that part doesn't really matter that much. Then you just go like, yeah, you know what? Like I would do X number of dollars and you offer them like 25 or 30% under your price that you've already determined. Okay. So now you've kind of, you've set the price and again, well, you've set like your, your offer, right? Cause they have a listing price, which 
you know, if it's really far off from what your price is, you might just be out of luck. Like if somebody's trying to sell a pair of like shell Vibergs and they're looking for 1500 bucks, if you come back and say, well, like I'd really like to pay, you know, 575, like they're just going to ignore you or tell you to, you know, just F off basically. At least that's what I would say. Be reasonable about it, right? This is for a situation where somebody's selling, you know, say like a pair of shell Aldens. They're listed at like 400, 450. And you're thinking like, I'd love to get these for like 300 bucks. I'll offer 250, you know, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So if they come back with like a counter offer of your price, then you buy them. Great. If they come back and say, yeah, I'll do 300. I won't do 250, but I'll do 300 on those Aldens. You go, great. That's what I wanted to pay. Bought. Easy done great use of the system more often than not that's not gonna happen because people be like oh you're lowballing me you're ridiculous but like they're a little invested in you because they like (laughs) went and did they took this picture they did you know whatever at this point they do not like you right they hate you you've been really an annoying buyer but like they do want to sell the shoes right so you lay low and you go okay well mm, i'm gonna think about it you don't forget about it. You keep an eye on it, right? So say it's a style form listing, you save it or like whatever, and you go back and you just check, maybe they're bumping it and you just see if it sells. And oh, if somebody else buys it, whatever, right? Again, you don't need the shoes, so it's cool. But like if it lingers, if it's like, you know, it's been like a couple weeks, you know, maybe you just say, hey, my offer still stands. Or maybe you like ask another, if you're real, you know, you really feel like you need to and you're, you know, you enjoy being an asshole like I do, you might be like, hey, thanks for those pictures of the insole, but like, could you measure the outsole for me? And uh, it's really hard not to laugh when you send that message. Uh, (laughs) You don't even care about this information. You're just... This is so terrible. Can you count the eyelets for me? Yeah, like... How many total eyelets are there? Can you tell me like the SPI on the sole stitching is? You know, it's something like really dumb and, and like kind of annoying to even get that information. Yeah, so this is where oh I'm like, yeah, this is God, where I'm you're the worst. a real asshole. And you just keep on checking in with them until they finally cave and sell you the shoes for the price you wanted or they sell them to somebody else. And again, you don't need them. That's a totally fine outcome is for them to just sell them to somebody else. It's kind of a numbers game. So you do this a bunch. I had, I ran into the problem where I was ending up with too many of the shoes. Like it, I got too good at it. The yield on it was like it was working 75 too well. or 80% where when I started doing this, the people <laughs> would end up selling to me for the price I wanted. At that point was like, yeah, I need to stop doing this. I'm, it's being too effective right now. Now I'm basically just saying I'm, I'm done doing this forever because I'm giving out this information for free. And people are going to listen to this and go, wow, this guy's a real asshole. Oh, you're reformed. Uh, but I'm a reformed asshole is what I'm trying to say. And I, I do sincerely apologize to all the people who I made sell me shoes for price that was lower than they wanted but was the price that i wanted especially the the one guy who sold me these oak street camp mocks on style forum i think it was like an eight or nine month process of me just checking in with him on them i think like he wanted like 200 bucks and i got them for like like a hundred dollars plus like eight dollars of shipping or something like that it was uh one of my greatest successes on those like oak street peanut suede or whatever they are camp mocks that i really uh i really enjoy so 
yeah, that is uh, that is my teacher negotiating method. Uh, it's something I've not told a lot of people because I don't think it paints me in a very good light. And uh, I didn't want people to start doing it, doing it to me. But there we go. Uh, if I put any shoes up for sale, everyone just hit me up with these labor intensive questions because I frankly deserve that. So I think that's fair game. I've never felt worse about being your friend than right now. I felt a little <laughs> bad when this was a secret that you just told me, like in your car. Uh, and now we're telling everybody. Oh my God, what have it we does, done? It does work, though. That I can tell you. It seems like it works, though. From like a yeah, negotiating standpoint, it, it works. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So if you really need something, if you really feel like you really want something really badly and you are willing to, you know, kind of sacrifice a little bit of your humanity to, to get it. This is the system for you. There it is. The Ticho, Ticho method. What did you call it? It's the TUN system. Ticho's Outstanding Negotiating I like System. I like you got to make an acronym. My problem is I just call everything the Ticho system. There's like six different Ticho systems. I have a whole Ticho system for like picking up a pizza. I'm not giving that one out though. Let's do that next week. This episode's way too long. But yeah, you need to work on your nomenclature a little bit. Kind of like George Foreman. I just, I only have one, the one name. Yeah, you need to rename all your kids Ticho immediately. All right. That was, again, horrifying, but, you know, we'll all recover. And yeah, looking forward to, you know, now that I'm associated with this and everybody knows, getting these same requests. It's going to be great. But there's another trickster in our midst, and his name is Jen. It's time to reveal the true Jen fact to refresh. Gen fact number one, high-heeled Egyptian butchers never got meat blood on their feet. Gen fact number two, Marlon Brando had the wrong size engineer boots, then totally copped out and wore sneakers. Gen fact number three, Ed Viberg was banished from Sweden after sneaking an unlucky dog onto a merchant marine vessel. Yep, that's right. I've got the envelope. Uh, it's somehow from Arthur Anderson, which is like the Enron accounting firm that went out of business. But somehow we are now using them for for gen facts ben what's the real fact what do you think we're gonna be like having anderson windows do our gen facts envelope next week nobody's done a very good job i think which is why we keep firing them and moving on to the next one all right so uh, i mean the egyptian butchers one wearing high heels never got meat blood on their feet like like they're the the heel like, it doesn't make any sense the, the blood would still get everywhere there would be like a, a small portion in between the heel and the sole that wouldn't have blood on it, right? Like blood starts up high and then goes down. So that I'm I'm wiping that one out. The Brando one I like. Boss was not right last week. It was also engineers. You know, we've had a couple red herrings here with like monks and royals and, and lace shoes and non-lace shoes, and none of them are right. So I feel like one of these is gonna be right eventually. And then like Ed Viberg loving dogs and sneaking them onto a boat. Like you probably can't have dogs on those boats. Being banished seems extreme uh, in terms of punishment and also just the story. I'd like it if it was true, but I'm going with Brando. Wrong size engineer boots. Wore kids of all sneakers all right. on the set. That's my answer. It's the sound of me opening the envelope and definitely not just crinkling the Starbucks receipt that I had next to me. All right. So the answer is the true gen fact High-heeled Egyptian butchers never got meat blood on their feet. Yeah. What? I believe that was actually how high heels were invented. Oh, my God. Yeah, the intention was to keep the meat blood off their feet. It doesn't make any sense. 
for people who built the pyramids they built the fucking pyramids like i don't understand how it works this doesn't seem to be this piece of incredibly high like design and architecture like egyptians are known for i i, I, I think it's i, I think, doubt this gen fact no <laughs> can you explain how it works like i think they're less of like pumps or something like you're thinking of they're more like creepers where it's just like a really thick sole throughout the whole thing or like almost like um you know those like japanese wooden um sandals that kind of have like the little blocks that kind of elevate you off the ground i think it's like that i think it's something like that yeah sure i'm not wearing like slingback pumps and stuff you know what i mean I, I still so were they operating in like two inches of constant blood i assume that sanitary conditions were like a little bit uh, more loosey-goosey than they are today i guess uh, i don't know yeah i can't imagine the health inspector was stopping by Plus, everybody knows that the aliens built the pyramids anyway so you know what i'm saying yeah but i mean you had to have a good relationship with the aliens who could provide you with solutions for everything presumably language pyramids just because they traveled meat blood from shoes. another galaxy or whatever doesn't mean all their ideas are winners they're gonna whiff on some too i think i'm just upset that i can't get any of these right all right we got it wrong again we're one for six on gen facts i guess thank you as always to standard and strange and jen jen you've proven you're much 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 smarter than us and you dress better and you're cooler and we're sure there's something that we're better than you at i don't know what it is we'll get back to you Ugh. Fucking Jen. Look, despite our failings, we'd love if you followed the podcast, recommended it to anybody who cares about shoes, uh, and the Stitch Down premium plug for this week is, if you're not in there, you're missing out. Man, are you missing out. I'm not even going to tell you why. You just have to see for yourself. But we do offer giveaways, ongoing 10% discounts on Grandstone, Cigara, resoles from Northern Republic. I'm actually going to send a pair in this week, and an amazing Discord chat. And of course, your support keeps this very shoecast and stitchdown.com going. But on top of that, there's magic in there, I tell you. Check out all the details on stitchdown.com. Come see for yourself. That's it for this week. Take care of shoes. We'll see you next time, which probably will be in a little bit. Can't wait to see you. <laughs>